Blog Talk Radio. I'm Lori LeBay and the host and founder of the radio show and Alzheimer's Speaks resource website. For those of you that are new to our show, I want to welcome you and let you know that we do these shows typically every Tuesday morning and they are all podcasts, so they're all recorded and you can access them anytime. We've been on the air now almost four years, so we've had a variety of people um, Alzheimer's Speaks is an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort around the world. And we believe that by joining forces and sharing knowledge and just having these everyday conversations about life with dementia, that we're going to be able to remove the fear and the isolation that um, exists. Uh, for people dealing with the disease. Together we can help everyone understand the true needs and um, just let everyone live a better life, more purpose-filled and uh, fun life um, with a diagnosis of dementia. Collaboratively, we know that we can win this battle and we know that we're having a huge impact because we were honored to be named the number one influencer regarding Alzheimer's according to ShareCare and Dr. Oz. Um, we got that uh, recognition of being the number one influencer online, which was just absolutely inc- an incredible um, feat. And we didn't do that alone by any stretch. That that was all because of you. Um, your likes, your shares, your clicks have just uh, made a huge, huge difference and really helped um, push information out you see, so many times people in our in our own families, our circles of friends, it might be Facebook, it might be our real our real friends that we see face to face, it might be our our Google circles or our LinkedIn colleagues. Um, everyone out there is dealing with this disease, but few are really talking about it. And so, the more information we can push out the more comfortable we're going to make people feel that it's okay to have the conversation and to to, um, really start engaging in gaining knowledge and and sharing insights, which is, to me, the only way that we are going to be able to to really um, beat this disease. So before I start the show um, formally here and introduce our guest, uh, Cameron Camp, I want to... um, Give a reminder that tomorrow on July uh, on July 8th at 6:30 p.m., Dr. James Donahue of the New England Clinical Trials will be giving a presentation on Alzheimer's disease and clinical trials at the Ocean View Retirement Community in Falmouth, Maine. And refreshments and tours of the Legacy Memory Care will follow the presentation. It's free, um, but space is limited, so you're still going to want to RSVP. 
at www.oceanviewrc.com forward slash RSVP. Again, that's www.oceanviewrc.com forward slash RSVP. Or just call 201-781-4460. That's 201-781-4460. A couple other things I want to uh, do some announcements on is the Purple Angel Campaign, which is the global global symbol for dementia. There's a Kickstarter program out. You can find that on our homepage at alzheimerspeaks.com. And they are trying to raise funds to finish filming the documentary uh, to feature what's happening here in the U.S. with that. The Purple Angel is now in over uh, 17 different countries, and it's, it's just pretty pretty amazing, this whole project. Um, so we would love your support with that. Again, uh, just go to alzheimerspeaks.com, and you'll, you can um, listen to the roundtable conversation about it, and then right underneath there is a, um, a video you can go to that will tell you a little bit more about it and then the levels of entry uh, for that. I um, want to give a big shout-out to Healthstar Home Health here in Minnesota. They're revving up to go out to our state fair here. Uh, the end of summer where they're once again going to do memory screenings. Last year they did over 2,200 memory screenings and met with over 14,000 people. And uh, they're going to be doing that again this year along with a with a big surprise, which I can't announce yet, but it's, it's going to be uh, pretty exciting, uh, a new launch program. If you're looking for uh, information on global um, research and kind of what's going on in the world as far as Alzheimer's disease, go to Alzheimer's Disease International. There you can also find your closest association anywhere around the world. If you're someone who likes a more holistic approach, um, check out the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation. There you'll find information on diet and exercise and meditation. Many are also dealing with specific types of dementia like Lewy body or frontal temporal uh, lobe dementia, and each of those has their own national association. So um, go there to really find specifics regarding the symptoms that you're dealing with. Um, Others I always like to mention are dealing maybe with some speech problems, and the National Aphasia Association can help there. And aphasia is spelled A-P-H-A-S-I-A. That's A-P-H-A-S-I-A. Last, I want to thank anyone who um, helped with the Dementia Action Alliance survey. We had two that were out uh, that closed on June 26th, Um, but we had... um, One survey for those living with dementia and another one for care partners. We had a great result on that and looking forward to seeing what we can do once we pull all of that information together. So with no further ado, let me go ahead and introduce our guest today. Um, Thrilled to have him back with us. Uh, It's a, a nice guy who's Who's, who's doing some great work. His name is Cameron J. Camp, and he's a Ph.D., 
And he also is a psychologist who currently serves as the director of research for the Center for Applied Research in Dementia. Dr. Camp gives workshops on designing cognitive and behavioral interventions for dementia um, on an international level. And his research has been funded by grants from the National Institute um, of Health and the National Alzheimer's Association. So welcome, welcome, Cameron. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. Well, it's so fun to, to have you back with us. I had to laugh because yeah. I looked. I looked back at my records and it was like, gosh, it was just about a year ago you were you were on with us, um, and I just thought, that's well, right. that's kind of kind of funny, but that's great. Um, uh, you had sent me a video that you had done on YouTube called the Alzheimer's Syndrome, and I just found it fascinating. And I'm wondering if you can share with people, um, you know, what what made you decide to make this video and uh, then tell people a little bit about it. Right. Well, the the video is uh, the Alzheimer's syndrome, as, uh, as you mentioned, and uh, you can see it by going to our website, which is uh, uh, www.cen, that's Charles Edward Nancy, the number four, ARD.com. And um, it's a thought piece. It is designed to get people to look at the assumptions that are made and the perspectives that people have about uh, uh, Alzheimer's disease, about dementia in general. And so it asks this question, what would happen if as a society we treated Alzheimer's disease the way we treat Down syndrome? What if we worked at inclusion of persons uh, with dementia into society? What if there was the application of the uh, Americans with Disabilities Act uh, to persons uh, with dementia. Um, it asks questions about, for instance, uh, if you have issues with mobility, we have ramps to enable people to get into buildings. Uh, so where are the cognitive ramps to enable persons with uh, uh, memory impairment to be able to uh, function more effectively within society? And then it asked the other side of the uh, coin question. What would happen if we treated Down syndrome as we treat Alzheimer's disease? What if we called it Down's disease rather than a Down syndrome? What if uh, the primary way of uh, treating or working with uh, Down's disease was pharmacological? Uh, what if there was stigma still attached uh, to a person uh, with uh, uh, Down's disease in this case, uh, what if they were excluded from society, no special Olympics? Um, and so the purpose of the video is to get us to think very strongly about our assumptions, about what comes with the, uh, with the diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease, and to think about what our priorities should be in terms of a, of a society. I, I remember talking with, uh, a woman who's a very strong advocate for uh, persons with dementia from Australia. And she said, when I got my diagnosis, I was basically uh, written a prescription for disengagement from society uh, and told by uh, my neurologist, here are the things that you won't be able to do anymore. And I told him to go to bloody hell. 
and uh, I looked at her and I said, good on you, mate. Uh, and that's the point, that, that we need to start thinking in terms of inclusion. We need to start questioning uh, the assumptions that have been placed on what a person with dementia can and cannot do. You were mentioning at the opening of the show about fear and isolation. Uh, these things come uh, because of the way people think. They are not uh, uh, part and parcel of having the diagnosis of dementia. And so the idea is to start getting people to think different about uh, dementia, about what it means, about the place of persons with dementia uh, in society. And so it's a thought piece. It's designed to get people to step back and to look at their perspectives. I mean, Lori, have you ever heard of a single person uh, with a diagnosis of dementia who has invoked the Americans with Disabilities Act? No, I can't. I can't say. Um, I, 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 I can't either. I, I've, I've never heard of anyone, and, and yet, mm-hmm. you know, when you ask people uh, who uh, uh, are involved with disability programs, they say, "Well, of course, you know, a person with a disease is also, you know, protected." And yet, as a society, you know, we've we've never really connected those dots before, and mm-hmm. so. Uh, I, I've been pushing, and other people in the UK elsewhere have been pushing concept of thinking of Alzheimer's disease uh, as a disability. And mm-hmm. you know, when you start thinking of it as a disability rather than as a disease, it, it shifts uh, the entire mindset. It shifts the entire set of assumptions about what we should do, how we should we should treat people. Um, I, I was involved with a, a project, a, a grant project, recently where. We were doing a, a study funded by the National Institute on Aging, looking at how to create signage for persons uh, with dementia in nursing homes to enable them to uh, be able to more effectively, independently navigate their way through their environments. And one of the first things we came across was you know, the Americans with Disabilities Act uh, codes for, for signage and height and size, uh, and yet... Uh, the dots have have not been uh, really connected out there, and so it would be uh, a really interesting thing if we started looking for cognitive cramps. You know, it, as you know, there are dementia-friendly communities out in the world. Uh, in, mm-hmm. uh, in Bruges, in Belgium, for instance, in shop windows, there's a, a sign in many shops that uh, is a handkerchief with a knot tied in. And mm-hmm. the, the the classic, you know, thing to help you remember. But if the shop has that sign in the window, it says to customers, uh, our staff have been trained to work with people with memory impairments. Mm-hmm. And they are a dementia-friendly community. Dementia-friendly communities are starting to crop up around the world, in Europe, Australia. There's some attempts to create those in the United States. And so uh, the video is designed to kind of push some of those ideas forward. It's designed to get people to think in terms of, of dementia as disability uh, uh, rather than strictly as, as a disease. And when we do that, when we treat people with uh, dementia as having a disability, um, then it's our job to work at uh, how to include them in society, how to enable them to be successful, how to enable them to circumvent uh, deficits and disabilities and to have 
meaningful, purposeful roles uh, uh, in, our, in, uh, in our lives and in the lives of the community. Definitely so, definitely so. You had mentioned the dementia-friendly communities, which I, you know, I go around and speak quite a bit around the country, and there's there's a lot popping up. Uh, there's a lot of communities um, here in the U.S. that are are getting on board, um, and the the Purple Angel Project I think has really helped with that, um, which is you know kind of this new symbol um, to be inclusive of all types of dementias. In fact, in uh, Watertown in Wisconsin, I was lucky enough to be part of of that group, and um, and that was the first one here in the U.S. And it's been fun to to watch watch that grow, but. So much um, needs to change, and when you're talking about the, you know, this Alzheimer's syndrome, the inclusion versus exclusion is huge. I mean, that's just a, a huge piece of the pie that um, people really have to understand and embrace um, if this is really going to work. I'm going to um, just pull in a caller here. We've got Harry Urban on the line, and Harry is living with the disease, and my guess is... Um, hi, Harry. How are you doing today? Hi, Lori. How are you? Very good. I just wanted to pull you into the conversation because my guess is this is probably going to be a pretty interesting conversation uh, uh, for you in terms of, of how people view uh, dementia as a whole. And um, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at the video that uh, Cameron has done or not. Um, called the Alzheimer's Syndrome. Have you had a chance to look at that at all? No, unfortunately I have not. But um, what what Cameron said is is he said it in a different way that a light bulb went up in my head. And what he said is what we are trying to advocate for. We are trying to advocate for a better quality of life. And... uh, uh, a lot of money is being spent on research, and rightly so, but we have to find ways to make life easier for us. And uh, some of the things, uh, I'm just anxious to hear, uh, you know, a little bit more of this conversation, but um, I, I think ways have to be thinking of us as handicap is, I'm not sure I, I, how I feel about that, but my thoughts are that that's what I'm advocating for. I'm, I'm advocating for a better quality of life for us. Mhm. Well, good. Well, let me. Um, I'm going to pull Cameron back on here again. Um, Cameron, um, you heard what Harry said that you know he's he a light bulb kind of went off in his head from what you said. Um, he's not quite sure how he feels about being called, you know, um, disabled, basically, or, or handicapped, but but yet um, if, it, if it helps the cause and helps people live a better quality of life, you know, maybe it's something that needs to be, be discussed. I mean, people are going for disability. You know, they're trying to apply for um, disability funds and um, support, which is no easy task at all when it comes to this disease, and a lot of times they have to go through the process three times um, before they are deemed disabled, even though they can't hold a job, um, because people people like Harry are very um, social and very well-connected, and, you know, many can still speak um, great and interact, but yet 
they have difficulty with other types of tasks that are kind of hidden. People don't see those in everyday conversations. And I think he's he's exactly on point when he says that quality of life is really the central issue. And that's what ultimately all of these efforts are about, is how to look at the quality of life of a person uh, who has a diagnosis of dementia. It is about enabling a person to uh, be able to live well with dementia. There was uh, an AARP uh, conference in uh, December of, uh, of uh, 2014, I believe, uh, and its, and its um, title was Living Well with Dementia. And the idea was, once again, you know, how can we look at enabling a person to have meaningful uh, social roles, uh, uh, reason to wake up in the morning, a way to contribute, uh, despite the fact that they may have uh, this di- diagnosis. It's about uh, connecting with the person in the person with dementia. And uh, in, in our trainings, we always say that a person with dementia is a normal person who has uh, some cognitive deficits. And so if you can enable the person to circumvent the deficits, if you can provide the ways to uh, enable them to use their strengths and to not have to use uh, capabilities that have been impaired, what, what you have then is uh, uh, a normal person. And it's a process that Rio Montessori called normalization uh, to enable a person use their strengths so that they have a role uh, society, a reason to wake up in the morning and a good quality of life. So uh, he's exactly uh, he's exactly on point with that. It's interesting that uh, in, in October I'm supposed to give a presentation uh, on uh, persons with adult uh, disabilities, uh, adult developmental disabilities. I have a daughter who uh, it's that category who lives with us. And uh, there's a speaker on the program ahead of me talking about the use of um, memantine, which is drug used only for uh, persons with more advanced dementia. Use of memantine uh, for persons with Down syndrome. And so, uh, as part of the video, uh, we asked the question: Is what if what if we looked at the medicalization uh, of Down's? Uh, Syndrome. What if we began to look at pharmacology as a primary means of uh, trying to work with these people? I had thought it relatively hypothetical at the time, but apparently, you know, apparently it's not. So, once again, uh, it's all about focusing on quality of life uh, rather than treatment of symptoms of disease as the primary way of working with persons. Mhm. Yeah, and it it is a huge difference. I mean, when you, you know, using Down syndrome um, to compare it to is perfect because the the bridges that have been built and the acceptance and um, you know the the Special Olympics. I mean, I I remember being involved in that. I worked for ten years with the developmentally disabled and the volunteers that would come forward and the fun that was had and the empowerment that was given. 
um, those individuals was was quite amazing and is amazing, you know, to this day. And, you know, I had people who lived in apartments and, you know, the whole the whole goal was to empower them, you know, yes. to give them as much in, independence as possible. I mean, that was the number one goal. And, and we seem to be forgetting about that um, when someone gets diagnosed with a disease. And I, I guess I never... I mean, I, I've known that, and I've seen that, and I like Harry. I've used different words for it, um, but I know I've always said that our perceptions need to change. And um, I, I think the video—I I encourage everybody to watch this video called "The Alzheimer's Syndrome" because it will—it will get you thinking um, on how how do you perceive things, how do you react to things. What is your goal? What can you change, um, you know, to do things differently? I think it'll have a have a big, big impact on people. Yeah, I, I was in. I've been in a couple of airports recently, and there's some big posters there. The program, I believe, it's called Best Buddies. But it shows famous uh, individuals, uh, athletes, uh, and they're with uh, a, a person with a developmental disability, and. Uh, you know, they're, they're talking about how they're friends and how they you know, interact with each other. Um, uh, is there anything like that comparable for a person, uh, you know, for persons with dementia that you know, talks about uh, interacting with them as persons? Uh, uh, we've seen persons with developmental disability on uh, uh, on television shows in the past uh, and uh, you know, play major roles. Where are the public service announcements saying, you know, I'm a person with dementia and I still have a lot to contribute. Uh, I'm a person with dementia and I want a reason to wake up in the morning. Uh, yep. When we begin to see those things, then we'll know we're starting to make some uh, some real progress in terms of quality of life as a, as a central tenet, as a central focus for working with persons with dementia. So that's, mm-hmm. again, that's the, the goal of this video is to get people thinking about why don't we have this thing. Mm-hmm. Harry, any thoughts? So many, so many. Where, where do I begin at? Um, it, it, it's funny when we talk about dementia-friendly uh, that... Everybody has their own idea what dementia-friendly means. And I'm amazed that that not, not, many, not many people living with this disease are being asked the question, what does dementia-friendly mean to you? Uh, as, as, as an example, um, uh, now the the uh, U.S. Open is uh, is here in in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and it's it's starting this week, and it it got it got me thinking that that people living with dementia love playing golf, but is it possible for them to play golf? Uh, now I'm not saying it, it's possible for them that to hit the ball straight and things like that. But I'm saying, uh, is golf courses dementia-friendly? Could they get around without getting lost? Uh, things like that. There's so many little things that 
that we can add to the dementia-friendly list that nobody think, thinks about. And, and, and at this time, we think that uh, maybe the, view, the viewpoint of being handicapped is the way to go. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's interesting. One of the we have a number of mantras that we teach when we do our trainings, uh, especially when we talk about resident-driven uh, communities and, and and enabling persons with dementia to to be heard. One of the uh, mantras is "Ask the person," and we really advocate. Uh, Bringing the person with dementia into the conversation and letting letting their decisions uh, be a, a strong and guiding force. Uh, for example, there's a there's a nursing home in uh, there's a nursing home in Switzerland uh, with uh, memory units, and they've begun asking residents, you know, where do you want to go on outings? And uh, I have a video, actually, that I just got of uh, of a skiing outing. Uh, for uh, their residents with dementia. Um, there's a nursing home in Avignon, France, with a memory unit, and uh, uh, they recently decided they wanted to put on a musical uh, called Tell Me About Love, uh, which is uh, really amazing to, to watch. They put it on in the central uh, theater of uh, the town of Avignon. Um, one of the residence there was asked, what do you want to learn? And she said, I'd like to learn to play the piano so that I can contribute to the musical. And uh, we have some really interesting video uh, from there of uh, the woman uh, playing uh, melody while another person plays the chords. Um, I was, my wife and I were in uh, uh, Switzerland uh, last month and we met the residents who decided that they wanted to learn how to speak English. And another resident who was uh, multilingual began to give them English lessons. and They read a speech, a welcoming speech to us uh, in English and you know, thanked us for coming and uh, for, for advocating for their, uh, for their rights. And so the whole idea of, of asking the person with dementia. So what is it that you want? What is it what what would easier for you or possible for you? Uh, how what are the challenges that you have in playing golf? And let's look at how we can circumvent them so that you can still enjoy the game. Um, uh, that is uh, a central um, primary task if we really do want to provide good quality of life. Uh, uh, your caller is absolutely correct in that lots of people have ideas about what it's like to create a dementia-friendly community. The best ideas are going to come from persons with dementia. And uh, mm-hmm. also, if something is tried, uh, you need to get the feedback from the persons with dementia. Did it work? Does it need to be modified? Because, you know, they're what this is all about. Uh, this is, this, we, we sometimes, oddly enough, work very hard for advocating for people with dementia without bringing them into the conversation. So uh, my, my, my head is off to Harry because he's really nailed it once again. Yeah. 
it it is so critical that the their voice be raised and be heard and um you know there are still so many um organizations and groups out there that are pulling people together and not pulling in that immediate voice the one living with the disease and uh, you know it's amazing um how how those that are you know supposedly fighting for this cause aren't engaging that voice um because i i have learned so much here he is one of our um experts on our dementia chats that we do you know um twice a month and every single time i am just amazed at what i learn from them and the conversations that they allow us to have that we we could not have without them and um they're just they're absolutely brilliant and um and, and ease the process too, in terms of what is it that we're really trying to do. I mean, they get to the nitty-gritty of things um, so quickly and uh, and explain it. Harry has just a phenomenal way of of explaining experiences, too, um, that, I mean, just has the bells ringing in everybody's head going, well, why didn't I get that before? Or, Or, gosh, now I get that. You know, now I get that. Thank you so much, and and so very very important. Um, I I think again it's so important to to push this inclusion versus exclusion, and you know the the ramps like you said for mobility. Um, you know where are the cognitive ramps? How are we allowing people? How are we building those bridges and allowing them to really live purposeful? Um, Harry had mentioned about golfing. You know, will they get lost and you know, maybe they don't go by themselves. Golf is usually a game you play with somebody else, and and they partner up. And um, but I, I know many times people get fearful, and they're not sure that they, you know, still want to do what they used to do with a friend who now has dementia. And you know, we have to get, we really have to remove that fear and um, get people back to the core of relationships. You know right. what. What's going on, and what do they really want in life? You know, it's just so so important. Can you tell us what type of um, response you've been getting from others who have who have seen your video? It, it's interesting. Um, the the vast majority have been uh, relatively positive. Um, uh, they they've said that it's uh, 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 encouraging people to think differently and to think about new perspectives, that sort of thing. Some people have said, well, you know, of course Alzheimer's disease is a disease. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's. I think to some extent they're kind of missing the, the, the point of, uh, of the video. Um, uh, it's, it's, about, it's about thinking uh, along different lines, and uh, some people say, "Well, you know, of course, disease is is covered in the American Disabilities Act." But uh, I, I think the reality is that uh, you're not really seeing those dots connected in terms of uh, people with dementia thinking about how uh, uh, they might be covered under this. Uh, and so, uh, I think for the most part. Uh, We've had a few negative comments, but I I, I I don't know whether they're really look, looking at the, the 
true purpose of the, of the video. But for the most part, I think you know, we've we've sort of accomplished uh, uh, what we wanted, and people are starting to think differently. And again, I'm very encouraged by uh, by Harry's take on this and his his uh, immediate grasp that the, the central point is is quality of life. Uh, mm-hmm. I can give you some examples of what happens when you ask persons with dementia. You know what they would like to do. Uh, uh, for example, in Bend, Oregon, there's a, a residence, and there uh, uh, you have uh, residents with dementia who are engaged in uh, beer making and in coffee roasting and in dog training, where they train puppies uh, from like a rescue shelter, sit, stay, roll over. And of course, a trained puppy is more likely to uh, uh, be able to be adopted. They're also uh, making uh, uh, lotions and soaps uh, from local ingredients. They've started up their own uh, corporation, and they are going to uh, donate the proceeds of sales uh, to charity. Uh, here in uh, Cleveland, where uh, I live in the greater Cleveland area, there's a residence where uh, very recently uh, a group has decided to uh, create um, natural ingredient dishwasher soap. Uh, so they put together squares by hand, uh, and then uh, their goal is to uh, be able to sell these and to use the money uh, to uh, be able to buy a, a therapeutic pet for the residents. Uh, and another uh, residents here in the Cleveland area, there's an outings committee, and the committee decided to go on a, a burger bar tour of Cleveland, and mm-hmm. so uh, they're going to all these different burger joints and writing the reviews, and uh, it's what they wanted to do, and so it, it, what's what's really amazing to me is, is that you start including uh, the the person with dementia, the decision-making process, you're always in for surprises, and they're usually uh, pretty amazing surprises uh, as well. Uh, When we do our trainings, uh, we usually uh, like to end each module with a slide that says giving up control. And it's all about giving control uh, uh, of lives back to the person with dementia to give them the choice to uh, basically treat the person the way we would want to be, uh, the way we would want to be treated. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I was thinking of when you were talking um, about how people were reacting, you know, to the film, uh, to your to your video, and you said, you know, some said, well, you know, Alzheimer's is a disease, so you know, it can't be a syndrome. Uh, maybe even just changing the name to the dementia syndrome because dementia really isn't a disease, it's a set of symptoms. And you could almost educate people double-wide on that. Though I I can see where Alzheimer's is is kind of the the key word that still most of society, you know, thinks everything is is Alzheimer's disease. Um, You know, but but I'm hearing the word, and, and Harry, I don't know if you are too, but I, I'm hearing the you know people refer to the word dementia much more so um, than they used to um, out there versus everything just being called Alzheimer's. Harry, are you hearing that as well? Well, it's it's funny that you brought that up, uh, 
Floyd, because here in my area, uh, they are trying to do away with the word dementia mm-hmm. because they say it's it's disme- it, it's demeaning to us. But but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, one one thing I I did want to bring up is. When when I have a doctor appointment, every visit he asks me, "What did you learn new?" Okay, he is he is he keeps telling me that I should learn new things. Now, uh, I was I was diagnosed with dementia probably all timers eleven years ago. Okay. And so many people say, well, hey, you must have been mis- misdiagnosed because you're doing so well. Now, what they, don't, what they don't consider is I can no longer drive because I'm unsafe. Uh, I can no longer do my, my finances uh, because I can't, I can't figure out money. Uh, I, I forget my grandchildren's names. I can't walk around the block without getting lost, but they don't consider those things. Um, what they do see is my public image, that uh, somebody with, with Alzheimer's uh, shouldn't be able to do the things I do because their conception is that anybody with dementia is in the late stages. And that's one of the things that we have to fight so much. And, and I get that. For my doctor, when he keeps telling me, Harry, what did you learn new? You know, he keeps pushing me to learn new things. Right. And I think that that's helping me so much. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very true. The, the, the idea that when you get a diagnosis of dementia, you cannot learn anything new is simply false. Uh, there are ways to learn new things that are easier. Uh, but uh, the capacity to learn new things is uh, is there, you know, just like you know, people learning how to train, you know, puppies and learning how to uh, play the piano, learning English, uh, and so uh, uh, it, it's about using this time as an opportunity sometimes uh, to be able to take the time to learn things that uh, you may not have had the opportunity to in the past, but to focus on uh, learning things that are meaningful to you uh, and to do so in a way that uh, you can uh, you can contribute uh, to your life and to the lives of others. Uh, and so it's really weird. Uh, Harry, again, hits on an interesting thing. People say, you know, persons with dementia can't learn new things. Well, I learn new things. Well, then you must not have dementia. Uh, uh, that has to change. Okay, that has to change. And I think, uh, you know, listening to Harry is 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 a very strong testimony uh, to the uh, to the fact that persons with dementia still have you know capacities, even though uh, it may be more challenging them for them to do things like, uh, as he was saying, drive. Or to uh, uh, remember names. Uh, if the grandchildren wear name tags uh, uh, with their names, he can still name them. It's a way of getting around the memory deficit. Um, 
they can go with other people to places. Uh, you were talking about, you know, not golfing by yourself. Uh, uh, and so uh, how can we you know, come up with uh, the cognitive ramps? How can we come up with the ways to to be a society of inclusion uh, rather than exclusion? Uh, that's where this is all pointing to. This is what we're all advocating Yeah, very true. Very, very true, and and very much needed, um, you know, in this in this whole process. Have you? Um, can I ask Cameron? You know, have you learned anything new since the the video was released in terms of of people's perceptions or you know views um, with the disease at all that um, have maybe triggered what you're going to do next? Yeah, well, I mentioned before uh, learning that uh, uh, there's work now to to use some of the drugs to treat symptoms of Alzheimer's disease to work with those in in uh, Down's, uh, Down syndrome populations. Uh, I'll be monitor- <clears throat> monitoring that very very closely in the the future. Uh, I learned that um, people uh, can sometimes have thin skins. Uh, mm-hmm if their assumptions are questioned. But uh, uh, sometimes it's just important to question assumptions and to try to push hard to uh, shift perspectives. Uh, most of most of the work that I do involves uh, motivating people to try new things and to try to enable them to think differently. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's what we're all, that's all what we're all about uh, for the future. Uh, in, in May and June, I was able to be a visiting scholar in the south of France at Montpellier University, and we are going to be working on creating a different kind of assessment uh, for uh, dementia that will focus on capabilities rather than uh, deficits, and that will be designed to to enable uh, the person to demonstrate what capacities remain, what their personal interests are. And then how to uh, combine those two to to uh, suggest uh, new things to learn, new things to try, uh, ways to engage uh, an individual in, in meaningful activity. So rather than an assessment that's designed to, to tick off the deficits that you have and to try to give you a, a staging uh, in terms of where you are in dementia, this assessment will be designed to uh, enable people to come up with ways to have better quality of life. So uh, that's uh, going to be unrolling in the next over the next uh, couple of years. We'll be doing uh, some uh, validation work with that there. It's interesting, mm-hmm. in France, every nursing home uh, has to have a psychologist at least 25 to 30% of the time uh, on staff. So we have a, a natural uh, group of people who can do data gathering on a large scale. Uh, and then in German, in, in uh, Switzerland, uh, in uh, December, we're going to have the first German language uh, uh, training uh, that we do. Uh, the Swiss German area will be in Bern. Uh, in uh, November, in Houston, we're going to have a bilingual English and Spanish uh, training uh, for the first time uh, in this country uh, on our uh, approaches to uh, 
Montessori-based uh, approaches to working with persons with dementia, which is one of our uh, highlights. And then uh, our book, Hiding the Stranger in the Mirror, has just been translated into German and into Spanish. And, uh, so we're going to be looking at uh, uh, making those available through e-books. And uh, we have a publisher in Switzerland for the German language uh, version of the book. So we're trying to we're trying to expand on a, on a large scale. And then uh, later this month, actually, I'm going to get a chance to talk to uh, the AARP Public Policy Group uh, on uh, dementia and on uh, resident-driven communities and basically on the topics that uh, we've been uh, discussing today. Uh, I hope to show them the, the Alzheimer's Syndrome video and uh, see if we can... Uh, have an influence uh, in terms of that organization's uh, policies towards uh, persons with dementia as well. So there are a lot of things uh, in the pipeline, and uh, it's getting to be an exciting time here. Oh, very much so. Now, you had mentioned your, your book, Hiding the Stranger in the Mirror, and people can get that book um, at, at your website, which is www. C E N the number four A R D dot com. That's C E N the number four and then A R D dot com. Um great book, really interesting. Um and then from there they can also see the video as well. And you've got right. some other videos online here too, uh, for people and, and different resources for people to be able to to tap into. So, um, yeah. Um, Harry, I just wanted to see if there were any other comments that you wanted to make at all. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'd like to bring one little thing up. Uh, I, I believe care partners are guilty of, of handicapping us. Now, why I say that is uh, because they, they do too much for us. They they don't like to see us struggle to do things uh, things like that. So uh, we we tend to lose a lot of those skills and rely on them to do it for us. Now with with being my wife, if I'm doing something and I'm struggling with it, as long as I'm not getting frustrated, she will let me struggle with it because she knows I'm. I'm processing in my head how to get it done. Now, if it's a if it's a uh, if it's a task that maybe that you're getting frustrated doing, then uh, she will stop me from doing it. But if I fail at something today, let me try it tomorrow. Let me try it at a later time because I may be able to do it then. You mm-hmm. know, don't don't let me give up. That's that's the thing. That's the thing that we have to. That's the point that I always try to. I make to people: is don't give up just because you think you can't do something. It might be that at the time you can't do it, but, but perhaps later you can. Mm-hmm. Harry makes two very very important points uh, that I'd like to follow up on. Uh, the first. Uh, involves uh, uh, the topic that, that we addressed by quoting, once again, Maria Montessori, uh, who was the Italian educator uh, 
of the, of the last century, but she said, everything that you do for me, you take away from me. And that's really what we, we advocate when we do our training. How can we enable a person with dementia to do as much for themselves as possible? Because mm-hmm. as he was saying, it's it's very easy out of out of the very best of intentions to try to do everything for an individual. And it's very easy for that person then to slip into the role where they're they become very dependent on the person to do everything for them. And so his example is, is I think, uh, a very, very, very good example. Um, uh, and this is for both family members and professional caregivers. So it's about how can we enable a person with dementia to do as much for themselves as possible. Um, Montessori also said, when they do not know we are present, that is when we've done the best job. And so what she's saying is when we enable people to be as independent as possible, that's when we are we are doing our best work as caregivers. So it's a mm-hmm. it's a, a again, it's a paradigm shifting, assumption challenging uh, uh way of thinking. But uh I think Harry nailed it in terms of his uh, example. And then the second thing is a, a lot of times you'll hear that it's important to give a person with dementia tasks that are failure-free, that, mm-hmm. that will, that where they cannot fail. And uh, once again, what he's saying is, you know, sometimes I'm not going to succeed, and that's okay. And I need to know that I can, if I do uh, have a problem and can't succeed, that I might be able to do it later, but give me the opportunity to fail and the opportunity to succeed later the opportunity to struggle. And once again, with the very best of intentions, you can set up a world, set up an environment where that is failure-free, but it's not not the same kind of world that people live in for the most part. And also, you know, the the sense of accomplishment when you're able to succeed after struggling is something that uh, is taken away if there's no opportunity to fail. So these are very different ways of thinking. These are ways of thinking that challenge a lot of assumptions, uh, but uh, the fact that you're hearing this from Harry and not from me initially uh, is, I think, very telling. And mm-hmm. once again, an important an important message uh, to get out there. I so agree. I so agree. Any other comments that you'd like to make, Harry? Uh, no, that's that's about it. Thank you. Okay. Well, sounds good. Any any last up wrap up comments that you have, Cameron? Well, I, I'd like to thank Harry for for literally being uh, an eloquent voice for persons with dementia uh, because. Uh, he's absolutely spot on in everything he was uh, saying. Uh, it's much more powerful coming from him, these words, these ideas, than from either you or me. Uh, and uh, we need to we need to first uh, talk to persons with dementia. Second, uh, we've got to listen to them. And when we start doing that, uh, that'll be a really powerful force and energy towards changing our perspectives and 
in creating a more enabling uh, society. I agree. I totally, totally agree. Um, now, Cameron, the best way for people to get a hold of you is to go to the website or else to email you. Is that correct? Right, right. And you can email me at Cameron, C-A-M-E-R-O-N, then the at sign, and then our uh, our uh, address again, CEN4ARD.com. And that's the number four in there. Yes. Um, that's not spelled out, or um, and there you'll be able to find your your book as well, hiding the stranger in the mirror. You'll be able to find different videos that uh, you have instructional um, videos as well as this one on the Alzheimer's syndrome. Um, it looks like you've got some instructional um, videos on asking the person, giving choice, slowing down, um, and I'm not sure what a different visit is. Can you explain what a yeah, different the, the visit is? Yeah, a different visit is how to have a good visit with a person with dementia, uh, okay. how to have it be activity-based and meaningful. So we have a, a free video on that uh, on our uh, uh, YouTube channel. And then there's a corresponding book uh, that goes with that that was actually based on a study funded by the Alzheimer's Association. Uh, uh, it's also called A Different Visit, that, uh, the book with ideas for activities on you know, how to have a better visit uh, is uh, okay. available through the website. Okay. And I've always found for me personally, you know, with my, my mom who had dementia for 30 years, was um, having the visit be multisensory. You know, if it's music, mm -hmm. if it's touch, if it's, if it's mm -hmm. smell, if it's taste, but engaging, all, you know, as many things as possible um, yes. was always helpful. Um, and yes, yes, and also, not, not and also how to have the person be uh, uh, able to help other people. For example, one of the activities is how to let the, the person with dementia lead a toy drive. Mm -hmm. It's for children, children of women in a women's shelter. Uh huh. And so cool. you, know, you you put up you have a collection bins, you have the signs, and then you collect the toys, you wrap them, and then you go on a visit together. To the uh, to the children, they give them uh, they give them the uh, the toys. Uh, that's a different kind of visit. Mhm. Mm yep. Wonderful. Well, Cameron and Harry, I thank you both for for being with us. Uh, Cameron, thank you so much for making this video, the Alzheimer's syndrome. Again, I think everybody should take a peek at it. Um, I I think it'll get you thinking. You know, in terms of how, you know, what are your perceptions and how do you view the world and how does that affect your reaction? You know, I, I, and I think that that's, to me, the biggest key is, you know, we we set things, we categorize things and we go, okay, if they're A, then there's B and C. And, you know, we, we the, it's just the way we connect the dots and approach things. And um, right. maybe it's not the best approach um, for anyone involved and uh, seriously needs to be um, readjusted and, you know, get back to Cameron on what your thoughts are um, after watching that video, too. Um, or you can always go to our blog and, and um, make a comment there on the Alzheimer's Speaks blog for the radio show. I also put the video out there for people to be able to watch, but we, we always love to hear what, uh, what someone's thoughts are. And... Um, you know, maybe they've got a another angle out there to to help change perceptions as well. 
Well, I hope I hope it's not another year before we have you on and hear hear what you're up to. You're, you're always doing great things, Cameron. So again, thank you so much. And Harry, thank you for being with us as well. You you always add so much to the program. So thank you both. My, my pleasure. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and just wrap up with some uh, more announcements. Our next uh, show is going to be on the 14th, and we're going to have Patrick Talley with us, and he's going to be talking about technology and how that can make a difference when working with people uh, with dementia. And he's got he's got some cool things he's he's doing. Um, our last show uh, you can still listen to was called uh, Cracked, uh, The New Light on Dementia, and that was a play done in Canada. And then we also talked about memory and Alzheimer's cafes here in the U.S. On July 14th, we'll be once again doing our Dementia Chats, which starts at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 Central, 1 Mountain, and Noon Pacific, and that's 8 o'clock if you're over in London. Our last one can be viewed if you go to Alzheimer's Speaks um, to the About page. You'll be able to find our dementia chats there. Um, but that one we had a great conversation about how people with dementia communicate and why and how they can be misinterpreted. Um, we talked about emotional filters and the feeling of urgency due to the disease. And um, it, it really being kind of a private time bomb that they're living with. We also discussed how government organizations and individuals alike need more education to understand those with dementia. On the blog, you will find um, a few articles. One is uh, was from the fourth calling, called Celebrating Independence No Matter What Our Circumstances. Uh, on June 28th, um, I just noted some information about Wisconsin's Healthy Brain Initiative has a great new toolkit for becoming dementia-friendly. On the 25th, there was an article about the six surprising health benefits from gardening. And there, we also um, noted on the 25th uh, the, the uh, Kickstarter program for the Global Symbol for Dementia, the Purple Angel documentary. And uh, and then I did I do want to still mention because we've had so many people comment on this uh, the show that we did on dementia farms or care farms and so on June 23rd we posted not only the show that we did on that but a lot of additional information and people really truly enjoyed that quite a bit and got them very excited about looking at things a little different. Last, I'm just going to announce that again tomorrow, July 8th at 6.30 p.m., Dr. James Donahue of the New England Clinical Trials will be giving a presentation on Alzheimer's disease and clinical trials at Ocean View Retirement Communities in Falmouth, Maine, and refreshments and tours of the Legacy Memory Care will follow that presentation. Keep in mind that it's free but space is limited, so you will want to RSVP, and you can do that by calling 201-781-4460. That's 201-781-4460. In the meantime, have a wonderful, wonderful week. And um, if you know of someone who has dementia or maybe you're living with it yourself, 
check out the Alzheimer's team on Facebook. Uh, you might want to become part of a clinical trial, or you can go to alzheimerspeaks.com on our homepage and just look, scroll down, and then look on the right-hand side. There's a little questionnaire, um, and you can find out. There's a survey there. You can find out if you will, um, if you'll comply with the study regulations or not. But it's a, it's a great way to really have an impact and. Um, Change, uh, change research, you know, at no cost, and and help, help the battle, and help people dealing with Alzheimer's and uh, and dementia. So thanks again, everybody. You have a wonderful weekend. I'm hoping that you also had a safe and fun holiday weekend. Bye now. Hi everyone, this is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me, listen now, search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.